How's everybody doing? I've been, uh, it's, it's been intense for us preparing for the first cup of Pesach. And um, it just started to feel really intense right now just as we're coming together. Um, first off, I wanted to welcome Lisa and Bud, everybody, everybody, Lisa and Bud, you know, if you haven't met Bud yet. Um, so we want to welcome you guys, appreciate you guys being here. Um, this is, we've celebrated Pesach before, um, twice, right? We've done it twice. Uh, this one... I feel is very uh, special and important for us because as we know when what we're celebrating by taking by drinking these cups is exodus our ancestors exodus from Egypt and the reason why I feel like this one is special is because we in a way we've all experienced our own exodus from systems of bondage right exodus just means a departure and so just like our ancestors exited the bondage that they were under, we've all exited a system of bondage and we've gone through a process of time to where we can say that we're, we've, we've fully exited Egypt and crossed over the Red Sea. That's where our family's at today. And so I feel like this is really significant. And for me personally, I have a greater understanding of the, the meaning of the four cups now, even though we've celebrated and honored the four cups uh, two years prior. And so I wanted to kind of send us into the four cups, starting with tonight, and kind of explain what the first cup means and what the relevance is, because I don't think it's typically what people think it might be. So the first cup that we're going to engage in tonight um, in communion in honor of what he did is a cup of remembrance and really all all four cups are in in order for us to remember his promises and his faithfulness right and the purpose of remembering is so that our faith can be maintained and solidified because if we forget what he did how loyal he was the promises that he fulfilled we're not going to really activate and walk out our faith right so the purpose of remembering which is all throughout the word he wants us to remember to teach our children the purpose of that is so our faith can be uh, maintained and be strong in times that we might forget. And so all four cups are for us to remember, but this first cup is sanctification. That's what this first cup represents. Now, when I first started really pressing into this, I thought it was weird, sanctification, right? Sanctification is typically we associate it with our behavior. Right. Like you walk out a process of sanctification as an individual. But really what Yahweh is saying and what he's doing and what we're going to engage in with this cup is that he's sanctifying time. Mm. So it's a it's a really interesting and exciting process, because what he did was he he took the time that they were in bondage for 400 years and he sanctified it by starting their time over again. So just like when you're born again, right, you start a process of sanctification and he starts your time over again. So a lot of times we think with the plagues and everything that happened that it was Pharaoh against Yahweh and Yahweh showing himself as a greater king, right, than Pharaoh. 
Pharaoh's a king, he's a ruler, and by the plagues, Yahweh's going to show himself as a superior king. But I would submit to you that basically what was happening is Yahweh was sanctifying the time for the nation of Israel. If we think about the nation of Israel, who is Israel? Israel is Jacob. Jacob was renamed Israel. So when we talk about Israel and B'nai Israel, the sons of Israel, we're talking about the sons of Jacob as a nation, as a family. And so really what Yahweh's doing was he wasn't showing himself in comparison to Pharaoh. He was showing himself as a father, sanctifying the time that was lost for his family in order for them to be restored in their proper identity. And so... The sanctification of time is so important because anything that that you've dealt with in your past, anything that you know that we've dealt with in our past as a family, the bondage that we've come out from, oftentimes I think, you know, however many years of my life have been committed or dedicated under a system of bondage. And when we engage in this cup, he's basically saying, I'm giving you a fresh start. I'm giving you a new start and I'm sanctifying your time. If you think about it, the whole purpose of time in and of itself is for sanctification, for holiness. The only reason time exists in your personal experience is so you can be sanctified. And so when you look at Exodus 12, 2, and this is interesting because before they left, they exited, they departed their bondage. And before they went to, to Mount Sinai, and we know the Torah was given to them on Mount Sinai. How many know that moms talked about the Torah existed before that, right? It's eternal. The Torah existed before it was handed down to Moses. And in Exodus chapter 12, verse 2, let me read it real quick. Yahweh says, this month will mark the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb and he goes on and, and gives further instruction. But I felt it was important as we engage in this cup to really understand that he's sanctifying our time. And he's connecting who he is as a father to the actual sanctification process of time. He's doing it with urgency and he's starting a process in order to restore identity of his family. So when you think about Pharaoh, we think the context is earthly ruler versus heavenly ruler. And it's not that. It's a father versus an earthly ruler. And he's sanctifying time. So one of the things I also want us to think about is why were they subject to slavery to begin with? The biggest reason why they were subjected to bondage to begin with is because they were a threat as a family, as an abundant family, nation, sons of Israel. They were a threat to earthly rulership. Pharaoh was threatened by them as a family because they were so abundant, so successful, that he subjected them to slavery. So what Yahweh is restoring as a father by starting their time over again was restoring their identity as sons. So I want us to think about that. It's not necessarily the first cup is is uh, just exiting Egypt. It's bigger than that, yeah. right? Yeah. There's also, uh, so when you think about Exodus 12, 2, it's the first command in the word. 
the first command is that you shall start over again on this month. So basically starting over time, that's the first command before the Torah was handed down at Sinai. So you can see how important when you think about all the loving instructions of the Father, the first one had to do with the calendar. And when you think about your relationship with Yeshua, and when you're literally regenerated and born again, he's starting your time over again so that your full identity can be restored back to him. So as a family, when we talk about just exiting bondage and we talk about um, sending ourselves into the next four cups, I, I want to encourage us to think about that and think about our own departure from the system of bondage that we have fully exited now. Right? Like he's calling us to exit with urgency. We don't have time. And so anytime you think of something that Yahweh tells you to do when you engage in this cup, I want you to think about the fact that there's urgency behind transformation. That's good. There's urgency behind him calling you back to himself, behind uh, being sanctified and being holy. That's what your whole life existence is about. Right? There's an urgency about it. And another thing that happens... When we engage in his time and we engage in his calendar, a lot of people say, well, do we really have to do the feast? Do we should we honor these? Are you Jewish? All this kind of stuff. All that aside, if you look at the dynamic of sanctification and how it's connected to time, then you would understand that there's a once you align yourself with it, there's an activation and a a revelation of purpose of everything in your life. So when we engage in this cup, what I'm submitting to you, according to the word, is that things in your life are you're going to see the purpose in everything. Mm-hmm. You're going to see the activation of that purpose in everything. So as a family, as we move forward into these other cups, you're going to start to see the activation. What This is why I have that. This is why I have that relationship. This is why I've been given this gift. This is why I suffered this. Right? Like you will see the purpose in everything. So I wanted to send our family into this cup and to, and to just understand what he's sanctifying is time. And he's sanctifying that time from bondage to restore identity in an urgent way. And to encourage you that once you align with that, man, everything in your life is about sanctification. Everything is unto holiness so that we can walk in our true identity. And that's our ancestors did it. And we can look to them and we can understand how we're doing it now. And so, did you have anything to add to that? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm just wondering, if, do you want everyone to grab their cups and then I can just say a few things? Yeah, yeah let's go ahead and grab your cups. So go ahead and grab, grab your cups. Am, am I to... Yeah, as you guys grab your cups, the glory of the house is going to light the Shabbat candles. As you, as you guys grab your cups, I just want to say one more thing real quick that's very uh, important, and I don't want to forget to mention it. When you look at the liberation of the nation of Israel, they were, they were given freedom by this whole process. What's inseparable from that freedom is the loving instructions of the Father. So you have the law, as most people know it. You have him giving commands. The second command is concerning Shabbat. So he gives one command for your time and one for your rest. Those are the first two commands in the word, according to the law, the loving instructions of the Father. And those two commands 
sent them into their liberation to receive the rest of the Torah. So the, the law and liberty are inseparable. Right? Just keep that in your mind that the Father's instructions, His commandments, the law, so to speak, is inseparable from your freedom. So when people talk about law versus grace, it's not one or the other. They're both tied together. Amen. Super powerful when you look at it through the lens of the story versus just the top ten commandments and looking at how intentional he was when he says, basically, for all of time, this will be the new month, right? That was the beginning of him basically saying forever, this is how I want you to operate. That's an instruction. And so I just want to read um, with this first cup, the scripture that's associated with it is Exodus 6. So this is prior. So I think that this is what is so powerful. We were in Exodus 12 when we were talking about the Passover and what we did basically what we celebrated on Wednesday night going into Thursday night. This is prior to this. And I just think that this is super powerful. He starts out all of this with saying what he's going to do. So he starts off all of this with, I, there, there are a couple, well, there are four, I wills. So he basically is telling his people, I will. Now you have to understand, it, we have, we have, it's all in hindsight, right? Well, we know he did, but to them, they were about to endure some things, like the threat of the firstborn. I don't know how many of us engaged on Wednesday night, the feeling of, I remember telling my kids, could you imagine going to bed tonight wondering if the blood was going to work? You know, we, we question, is it going to work in our lives? But to the extent of, is the blood going to work? You know, um, and prior to all of this, he basically gives some I wills and each cup that we engage in tonight and all through tomorrow are each of the I wills. So what's happening is, is as you engage in this cup, it's not just a little communion. It's a full cup because we are fully embracing and letting it get into our very being what it is that we're doing. It's so easy to say we're doing communion. You know, but there's so many aspects to communion. There's four aspects to communion, and we usually only engage in one of them. Tonight, this whole cup right now is going to be his first promise to his people. And that promise is, therefore say to B'nai Israel, I am Adonai, and I will bring you out from under the burdens. I will bring you out. What's so powerful is as you engage in this, know that we have three more cups. That sounds like a pretty good promise right there. But there's a lot more, and this is just the beginning. But he says, I will bring you out from under. There is this sanctification we think is this long process or when he saves but at the end of the day, what it is that he's, uh, what he's ultimately promising is, is I am, let me first just take you out from one father and yeah. bring you into another. Amen. So we'll deal with all the other stuff later. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let me sanctify you and your generations by bringing you from one place and into another and take you out. Then we'll deal with the rest of it. That's just yeah. such a powerful thing. We're, we're shifting DNA tonight. We're, I mean, you guys understand when I say aligning with that, right? We're just, we're shifting out from a burden and into mm -hmm. whatever he has. I'm not going to even say freedom. Mm -hmm. I We don't even know what it mm -hmm. is. It's just, I will bring you out from the burdens. Because how many of us know the story that we all cry out for the very burden we didn't want? Yeah. <laughs> so just give it a couple of days. But, right? So, but, but the burden that weighs on us. 
for us to be able to engage in this whole cup, to be able to say, I want to understand, bring me from one place to another, bring me out from under one, he said, a earthly king, but I would say a false father. Bring me out from a false father that has fathered not just me, but generations for 400 years that has taught us to build and be slaves and to be ashamed of our prosperity. That father that has told us you're too powerful, so get under and be in this place, right? Any one of you that is struggling or has struggled with something is because you're powerful, Mm-hmm. Is because you carry something. So the false father doesn't want you to operate in your yeah. gifting. Come so on. he says, your prosperity threatens my kingdom. Yeah. So let me push you down mm-hmm. and show you where you belong. Yeah. And our father in this moment says, I will watch me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will take you out from this and bring, I'm just going to bring you out. We're not even getting into the other stuff. We'll deal with that tomorrow. But I'm going to, I'm going to take you out. The the promise is I will bring you out from under the yoke. And we all know what kind of yoke he carries versus the yoke we've been under. Amen. So we get to engage in that. And I want to read one more thing with this, which is out of Titus. Three, three through five. For we also once were foolish disobedient, deluded, enslaved to various desires and pleasures. I say that because we can all blame Pharaoh. But like I said, we know in the story, some of us want that kingdom. It, it's protection. There's uh, there's there's things. There is, so, so for once we were foolish, disobedient, deluded, enslaved to various desires and pleasures, spending our lives in malice and envy hateful and hating one another. Does that sound familiar? We have spent so much time being hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness of our God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, not by deeds of righteousness, which we had not done ourselves, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the mikvah of rebirth. What this is is a sanctification that there is an absolute renewal and regeneration that is happening as as we engage uh, in this cup. So, Yes. Okay. So in this moment, when you're drinking of this cup, you are engaging in that process of being made clean. There's a cleanliness that comes because you were once under and you are being washed out from underneath that burden and into what he has for us. And so there is that promise of making us clean as we engage in this cup. Just something to add real quick. The title of this chapter 3 in Titus says, Be ready for good deeds. The the word, the law, or commandment is also defined as good deeds. So when you engage in this cup and you displace those other things or those things are displaced in your life, you're also posturing yourself to receive the instructions of the Father. Amen. So let's go ahead and take a few minutes and really... Meditate on that and engage with that with our families and our households and really just speak those things into whatever we need to speak those things. Man, I hope you guys can feel just the the weightiness of of that first cup and what we're being sent into. And um, if you, I'm just going to start passing out these uh, matzah crackers. And if you guys just want to break them with families that are next to you. And um, we'll just seal and solidify this first cup 
with essentially the brokenness of Yeshua and uh, just breaking that bread with each other. And it's interesting because in Exodus 12, after he gives that first command in the word, he goes on to describe the sacrificial lamb and, and how to go about that. And so I think in the same pattern that Yahweh laid that out in Exodus 12, um, that we would drink of the cup to sanctify our time and then partake of this. So we'll just start passing out the, the matzah and you guys can just break it up. And uh, I was just going to show this. I mean, obviously we know what matzah is, but there's something powerful when you line when you line something physically and tangibly that we get to eat and touch and hold with a scripture, I don't have it in front of me, but it is pretty bold. If you eat leaven, you are not my people. If you ingest leaven, you are not mine. Now, I know that that sounds harsh because we're all like, yeah, but Jesus. And we don't need to, but what an opportunity to. Yeah. Because yeah. It, he didn't say forever, but he said for one week, can you lay down the thing that makes you puffy? Yeah. Because what I want to what I want to say is that it's not about the baking soda, the baking powder, and the yeast. What he's saying is is if you are going to fill yourself up with pride and yeah. think that you can lean on your own understanding, you are not mine. Yeah. That is an obvious. That's an obvious statement. If my if my kids say I got this, I have no need of you. I have no other response than to say, then you're not mine. Right. I have no access. Then what am I get? What? So this is such a powerful thing that we get to engage for an entire week to be so intentional with the breaking of bread, the breaking of, and there's so much meaning behind this because the other reason why we're doing this is what started it all is the leaving was immediate. I mean, they were up all night after they roasted. It was like eat everything or burn it because you're out of here the next day. They just, they didn't have an opportunity. And so we get to engage with our ancestors, what they had to deal with and how they handled the journey in the wilderness is a real thing. Yeah. I know, never would have thought that the scriptures would talk about how to not have an oven <laughs> right but it's real this is a real thing and then to see it so clear because he says it several times if you eat of this you're not mine and what he's after is not necessarily making sure that you know I mean we do that as a prophetic act to really go through the process of because it's one thing to say I went in my prayer closet and I cleaned myself of pride it's another when I have to find extra yeast in my pantry yeah. that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. So yeah. on Wednesday, I decided to go through my pantry and I'm, I've already cleaned everything out and I find these little active yeast things. Isn't that Yahweh to be like, you know that little corner in your your heart that you just didn't want to open up the pantry that's been disorganized for the last year because you haven't minimized and you haven't cleaned house, you haven't organized? That little bit that's there, can you take care of that too? The, the intentionality of having to go through and find these little things, or I put it on the box, or cereal. My kids are asking for cereal and I'm like check the box and I didn't think through cereal and if, you know so it's the, but that's the that's the point is we get to go through the process of like can I read can I relook at that how many of you guys at school have had to ask the cafeteria I know my kids have, ha have had to ask he's asking me during foods can I have nana chips and I'm like looking up the ingredients for him you know because there's a process that we get to go through of let, let me 
Is this for me or no? Should I do this or should I not? Can I actually know what's in this before I just ingest and consume? Can I think before I do something? That's what he's after because we're his people. Amen? Amen. All right, so we are breaking bread and we get to partake of this together.